Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Casual Chats. I am Patricia, and I'm here with a few special guests. For our returning guests, we have back from Manic Expression, we have Jim Bevan. Welcome back, Jim. Always glad to be here, Patty. And uh, we have back from, uh, for the first time in a while since I did Hey Arnold Month, we have from the Arun Meha show, we have Arun Meha. Welcome back. Hey guys, you okay? And uh, just for everyone on my side of the broadcast, uh, this is a special casual chats uh, Arun Meta show uh, simulcast. So uh, uh, if you want to listen to uh, Patricia uh, on, a, in, in a, on a better line, then listen to casual chats. And if you want to listen to me on a better line, then listen to the Arun Meta show. So. All right, thank you. And uh, finally, last but not least, we have ourselves a new guest. Uh, he uh, does comic book reviews, TV reviews, movie reviews. He's known as Writer's Block. We have Jeff. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me. Okay, so today we're going to be discussing about Samurai Jack uh, as a series as a whole. As of the time of this recording, the final episode of Season 5 just aired last night on Adult Swim. So we're going to be looking back on the original series as well as Season 5. But before we do that, we're going to be discussing about our earliest memories of Samurai Jack. So, Jeff, since you're our new guest, why don't you start? Uh, well, I mean, are you talking about, like, uh, this new season? Or uh, just, just as a whole? As a whole, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, uh, series as a whole is uh, actually really good. It's it's perhaps one of the best uh, animated series. No, no, no. In... I'm talking about no. I'm talking about like where, how did you first get introduced to it? Oh, well, <clears throat> uh, I actually watched the pilot when it first uh, when it first debuted. I uh, started. I looked at the trailers uh, when it was being shown on Cartoon Network, and it looked really good. So. I gave it a shot, and I and I really like and I really liked it. Uh, how about you, Jim? Um, so much like with Jeff, I saw the trailers that came out for the commercials advertising it, and I was, you know, I was a fan of Gendy Tartakovsky's work. Uh, I was a huge fan of Dexter's Lab when I was growing up, so I was very interested to see what he was going to do with this. And, you know, honestly, I will admit, part of me was a little doubtful that he could go from, you know. Uh, a wacky slapstick comedy like Dexter's Lab to something as serious as Samurai Jack. But he pulled it off well, exceptionally well. Awesome. And how about you, Arun? Um, I was introduced to it pretty much the same way as all the other cartoon cartoons. Uh, you know, we all started off with Dexter's Laboratory and on the Water Cartoon Show, and then it kind of, uh, you know, manifested itself into uh, the whole, um, you know, let's make let's make our own stuff rather than relying on, you know, the uh, the small uh, animation studio, which I'm usually f more, rather more fond of. But uh, you know, Samurai Jack came along, and I think uh, I think it was necessary. I think for, for Cartoon Network because it was a, a show that uh, wanted to take a serious tone but didn't want to take itself too seriously. And I think uh, that was the type of, uh, you know, uh, with Adult Swim, I think, coming into its uh, into its prime, I think it was necessary for Cartoon Network to kind of engage with this type of animation. So for me, it was it was a really cool thing to, to kind of go in with, you know. None of the uh, kind of like the, uh, not too much of the silliness that I think uh, we would uh, normally be done with. Not to say that there wasn't some silly characters we could all, you know, have fun with, but, uh, you know, Jack himself as a protagonist was, you know, he was no nonsense, uh, you know, uh, you know, really, a really straightforward hero, and I think, and uh, you know, samurai. On top of that, you know, how cool is that in the uh, in the nineties? And uh, so, I think uh, he was a, a very necessary part. I think of the Cartoon Network setup, and so that was my introduction to him. And uh, yeah, hope, hopefully, he'll live on for another couple of decades. 
Yeah, and as for me, uh, pretty much the same as you guys. I remember when I first saw a commercial for Samurai Jack, and I was really interested. Uh, this was like around my teenage years, so uh, around this time, I was kind of like slowly out of Nickelodeon, with the exception of watching Caitlin's Way, Italian, and As Told by Ginger. And I was starting to watch more of the Cartoon Network programs because I was watching Toonami, I was watching Adult Swim, and then I saw a commercial for Samurai Jack, and I was like really intrigued by it because the same man who created Dexter's Laboratory created Samurai Jack, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm interested in what direction he would take and it turned out to be an amazing show as a whole and okay so let's get into the discussion and to be quite honest i really really don't need to discuss about what the show is about because i'll just let aku say what the show is about so um enjoy and i'll just put in a little clip on him explaining the plot okay so now that we have that out of the way so uh jeff now you can discuss about uh you know the show as a whole so looking back on it go ahead uh, looking back on it, yeah, like I said, it's perhaps one of the best, uh, one of the best, uh, cartoons in, like, say, the early millennium, like the 2000s, and, uh, it had a very, it, it had a very good structured story, you know, and was able, and you were able to take this character who's just, like, the ultimate straight man, and put him in these really wacky situations, because, you know, it's the far-flung future, and like, and there's aliens, and there's dogs, and there's robots, and and like uh, all this other stuff, and you can and you can intermix it with with uh, magic and what have you, and <clears throat> surprisingly it's, few humans though, which does have some. Of... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 it, no. You're no, you're right. There's like very few humans left. Like you know, just just full-on humans yeah. uh but then again you'd see i mean you'd see some humans later like say in season five but uh mostly mostly earth is just like full of aliens and uh different different kind of humanoid uh creatures Races but, and dark uh, implications that's interesting isn't it because you know everyone says like you know uh, i guess they had kind of like a futurama kind of feel to it i guess you know the fact that uh, you know all of a sudden you know you you're in this you're in this kind of like normal world uh, you know samurai jack finds himself in, and then all of a sudden he gets thrown into the future and then everything's different and so uh, yeah it has that kind of uh, futurama vibe yeah, definitely. I, I do feel that way, especially when we watched the first three episodes of uh, the first. Ep uh, we watched the first three episodes of Samurai Jack, which is basically the pilots, or in, in that case, and it really just thrusts you into the world. So, uh, the first episode, you do see Jack in the past, and you see him training to defeat Aku. And then the second episode, he's flung into the future. He's trying to adjust himself. You see all these weird creatures. You see Townsville destroyed. That's actually a fun fact that when he goes into the destroyed city, that's actually Townsville. And then the city the of Townsville in the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. I guess the Powerpuff Girls went on vacation, and then Aku basically took them over, took over Townsville and destroyed it. Wait, wait. wait so basically, you're saying uh, Aku and him are related? Oh my God. Yes, um, that you, would be. You won the internet, Jeff. That would be that would be interesting <laughs> to say the least. The other thing though is, like, I'm I'm really surprised. I mean, uh, Samurai Jack went four seasons, and uh, I mean, was there any other crossover episodes uh, at all? I don't not think a, so. I mean, I, yeah, not really. No, I mean, I do know that there was a 
um, a, a Duck Dodgers episode that was parroting Samurai Jack. But as for anything else, I don't think so. I never, I mean, I think that was like the only crossover thing. I didn't see any like Dexter's Lab uh, cameos or anything like that. So yeah, I don't think so for the most part. But yeah, I mean, go ahead. I was saying say it's not technically canon, but there was like a fan web comic out in the early 2000s that had a uh, that blended the Cartoon Network characters together, and Samurai Jack was the gym instructor at the high school the Powerpuff Girls went to. Okay, wasn't that the one with? Uh, I mean, I might be thinking of a completely different comic, but uh, wasn't that the one like where like uh, Norbert and Daggett were like, kind of like you know the the uh, you know the um, uh, unquestionable masters of the universe or something like that? I can't I can't remember, but uh, maybe it might be a different well, comic. Because I know, I, I know there was one where it had Johnny Bravo, Ed and Eddie, uh, Dexter, um, Ben Ten, and Samurai Jack all all coming together. Because in typical comic book fashion, you'd have all their villains uh, joining together and uh, you know becoming some kind of cabal. Yeah, I think they're missing the boat, I think, Cartoon Network a little bit, because, you know, we've had this whole thing with the Avengers. I mean, like, how cool would it be if you had, like, you know, Samurai Jack, Dexter, uh, the Powerpuff Girls, you know, various, uh, you know, even Johnny Bravo, maybe to a day, and, like, they, like, form this kind of, like, I don't know, uh, you know, crazy team, and they have to all, like, accomplish something. It's like, you know, it's uh, I'm really surprised they wouldn't go down that route and kind of catch on to the fad that, uh, you know, like, Guardians of the Galaxy and, uh, and um, uh, the Avengers are currently bringing on right now. Yeah, I think the reason why was because I think this was around the time when Cartoon Network was acquiring their programs from Kids WB. So we had superhero programs like Teen Titans and Challenge Showdown and Static Shock. So I guess they didn't really need to do that whole crossover thing. The only time. Well, I mean, I'm talking about cross- doing it now. I mean, like oh, uh, now. now will be a good time. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, look at what they've done with the Teen Titans Go and Powerpuff Girls reboot. If they tried to do another superhero series like that, you fear it would end up in that same domain. Well, Jeff, that and probably might end up being a better crossover. situation than, let's say, you know, they all have to play a basketball game to uh, stop aliens from taking over and LeBron James has to get involved. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and from what I heard of the crossover that Teen Titans Go and Powerpuff Girls reboot did, I heard it was not very good. Actually, Mysterious Mr. Enzo actually gave it a, actually made it one of his admirable admirations, would you believe? I mean, I'm probably not saying much, you know, he's like, he's basically saying that, you know, this was the, uh, you know, the golden turd in the, you know, in the pile of shit. But, you know, it's like, uh, um, uh, you know, I heard, you know, there was actually some somewhat praise for it because it actually fit the narrative of, you know, these superheroes kind of like in a parody kind of situation. So it sounds like that's that's kind of like saying, oh, this glass of bleach didn't kill me. Yeah. Well, I've never seen it, and I have no interest in seeing it, so maybe it is good. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the only one that I did hear of a Cartoon Network crossover that was good was the Steven Universe and Uncle Grandpa one, which I haven't seen yet. Oh, I don't know about I'm I'm not a big fan of Uncle Grandpa, just just by yeah, looking at it. Uh, it's, it's worth seeing, even if you're not a fan. It's It takes everything totally unseriously and goes to the extremes, and it works. But anyway, aren't we getting so- off topic here? Yeah, this, this does t- tend to happen in casual chat. So, <laughs> anyway, so Samurai Jack. Um, yeah, Jim, why don't you give your thoughts on the show? All right. Well, I found it to be... I really thought... I really appreciate how creative it got. Because when I first heard about the show, I thought it was just going to restrict itself to, you know, Japanese folklore and mythology. And obviously that got disproven in episode two when we saw the talking dogs and the aliens. 
but I really did just like appreciate how incredibly how, the incredible variety of the subjects of the show. You could have Jack assisting aliens. You could have Jack going to a uh, haunted house and helping to feed the spirits of people who had been trapped there for centuries. You could have him trapped in. You could have him sent to a gladiatorial arena where he was fighting barbarians and robots. I just loved how wild and imaginative it got, and it never really felt like too forced, you know, except for the episode where he got turned into a chick, and that I felt was stretching things a bit too far. Well, I think that was the kind of the jump the shark episode, if you will, you know, when when you knew things were starting to slow down a little bit. I mean, what what season uh, was that? That was season three. I wouldn't really yeah. say it was. Wouldn't really say it was jump the shark because the the rest of the episodes were still of good quality. I just <laughs> thought that was. I just thought that was kind of a dumb one. Well, I mean, it's like I'm not saying uh, jump the shark, as in you know. Uh, I think I was more referring to the fact that uh, you know, oh hey, they've had a bad, they've had a bad idea. And it's like, oh, is that kind of like shaky waters now? So uh, you know, it's kind of like you know the telltale signs that uh, yeah, there's like a huge amount of good episodes in a season, but when you start to like pick out one, two, three, you know, maybe some you know some episodes that weren't so great, you kind of can see that the idea is kind of like running its course in a way. So. Yeah, uh, thankfully it didn't like. It didn't really signal the end, at least, because yeah, I mean that was the start of season three, and it didn't have the best. It didn't have the best start, but that was the same season that gave us Jack in the Haunted House, and it also gave us this two-parter that gave that showed the origins of Aku. So, hmm. now, isn't that the great thing about it? It's like the fact that you can say Jack in the Haunted Samurai Jack in the Haunted House, and like you know, it would just be so normal because the the universe that he was introduced to was just so uh, infinite. And so that was the great. That was another strong point about it as well. The fact that you, there were so many possibilities there. You know, it's like he had a he had he had the character called the Scotsman. It's like you know, it's like uh, that would be unheard of in like you know a samurai film. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and again, it's just one of the brilliant things about the show. You know, I I've always been one of those people who am not too crazy about like standalone episodes because I feel that something that is with a flowing narrative is much more fascinating. But if you're able to take advantage of like the world and the characters, then you can be able to make up for the story. And I think with Samurai Jack's case, it's one of those exceptions to that in which the world is so creative and the characters are so memorable and imaginative that something is like the story not having a flowing consistent narrative just doesn't really matter to me there are some really amazing episodes like when jack is fighting off an evil version of himself or when jack is fighting aku and aku is uh telling him you cannot defeat me with the magical sword and then jack says well you cannot defeat me with your powers we're gonna be fighting one-on-one -on -one, you know hands you know with bare fists and you may think this is going to be like a huge climactic fight, but it's like, no, it's not really. But it does play off really, really well, especially when Akut is cheating and wants to grab the sword. And then Jack kind of knows what he's doing and he planned way ahead. So I thought that that was clever. And, you know, there's also, you know, the, the episode with Jack and the Haunted House. There's also the episode where Jack helps um, the, the soldiers who are, you know, a, an homage to like the 300 soldiers um you know the the three hundred uh, was it like Frank Miller three hundred Spartans yeah the three hundred Spartans yeah the three hundred Spartans. So I think was that before yeah. or after three hundred? That was before three hundred. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, this was based off of Frank Miller's comic. Yeah, and much better, I'd say. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Better, I, I like three hundred. So guilty pleasure. So, uh, but uh, yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah, there's, a, there's, and also, you know, you have a lot of the characters. I mean, Jack and Aku are great. I love the Scotsman. And, 
Um, you know, there's a lot of characters in the series that you do see from time to time, but it's mostly focusing on Jack. And I guess one of the brilliant things about the show, once again, is that it does very little, but it tells a lot. It tells a lot with the music. It tells a lot with the background. It tells a lot with the emotions. And I remember hearing a commentary about Samurai Jack about like using less to tell what the characters are going through, as opposed to being loud in your face. Excuse me. Loud in your face, being constantly spouting out exposition, making things obvious so that kids can enjoy it. It's like they're able to keep things really subdued, and it, it makes a lot of people looking back on the show much more appreciative. And there are some people who actually don't really care about that, which is perfectly fine. It's very valid if you think that that kind of stuff is boring. But, you know, you don't see a lot of shows back then that were like Samurai Jack. You don't even see a lot of shows today that are like Samurai Jack. Well, I mean, it's. Uh, I think the one thing with Samurai Jack is that it had it, it was so unique. I think. Uh, I think if they were going to make something, I think similar to Samurai Jack, I think people would kind of pick it up on it very quickly and say, "Oh, hey, this is uh, this is Samurai Jack again." It's like, uh, why are we here? So uh, I think. Uh, I think the one great thing I think about it is that uh, no one I think is trying to emulate it, and uh, which uh, you know um, I think has its benefits really for. Uh, for for Samurai Jack because it kind of sticks, it kind of stands there as a as a as a, as a great entity. I think in um, I think in nostalgia and I think in cartoons. Yeah, I fully agree. I think that's one of the one of the things I really like most about it is because it shows what you can do just with animation. You know, you don't always have. To, I mean, I know we've grown up on cartoons that rely heavily on dialogue to get gags across or for exposition and flash. But this is and what and flash. Oh yeah, and Flash. <laughs> yeah, but this really is one of those that d makes the best of the visuals, of the sound effects, to convey the story through its action and visuals, not just words. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, and I, I'll go ahead, Jeff. No, oh, well, basically, uh, I'm just, I, I would just agree with everybody here that it is a you could you could teach a master's class on visual storytelling and structure by taking story by taking animations from Z Samurai Jack and just watching just watching episode after episode and seeing how they take the visuals and add it into the world building that makes everything just feel alive and colorful and vibrant yeah i mean i'm surprised that there hadn't been a lot of i mean i don't i've never take i've never been to an animation class before but uh, yeah, it would be really nice if maybe that would be the subject of a class, uh, of an animation class. Like, how to tell a story with little to no dialogue, which is focusing on backgrounds and music and emotion and face emotions. I think that would be really strong. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that it does get taught in animation class. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Anyway, and also, you know, going into that subject, uh, I read. I recently read an article. I read an article last night about the birth, death, and resurrection of Samurai Jack, and kind of like cool behind-the-scenes stories about how Gendy started in his animation career to doing Samurai Jack, and how much of a refreshing thing it was for animation. And then following up to season five, uh, I don't remember where I read it from, but I'll definitely try to look for it and I'll definitely put a link in the description box below. I highly recommend that you read it just so you can see, you know, how back in the early 2000s, how much of an important show Samurai Jack was. 
especially you know given the debate about whether animation went downhill in the early 2000s like or maybe it went in a different direction like going in a more anime direction considering that we had more access to anime back then whether you like it or not um you know whether you're into that kind of stuff or whether you prefer the subbed or the dubbed versions but yeah um something like samurai jack you know would continue on with like avatar the last airbender and such but it was such a unique show for its time and it still is very unique in its own right developing that nice balance of comedy and and uh quiet moments and ambiance and a whole bunch of things so yeah um Right before we get into season five, uh, I interviewed Fred Seibert a few years ago. This was like way before um, I eventually joined up with Frederator. This was like back in 2012. And I was asking questions about the Samurai Jack movie. And he told me that, you know, this, the Samurai Jack movie was in developmental hell for like a decade because they couldn't find a way to market a 2D animated movie into theaters. Because, you know, this was, I mean, they were going to release a movie in 2004, but then the Powerpuff Girls movie didn't do so well in the box office, and then they decided to not try any more animated movies in theaters. So, yeah, I mean, I think even still to this day, Cartoon Network hasn't done an animated movie based off of one of their TV shows. They did do regular show the movie, but they, that had a limited release. And I did hear rumors about Adventure Time, but that still hasn't been confirmed. Well, this is the thing. I think uh, for a long time, I think uh, uh, you know, TV entities, I think, have really struggled. I think when they tried to go to their uh, uh, their their uh, theater counterpart, and uh, the only one that's really made a massive success of that was basically The Simpsons, and uh, for for obvious reasons, because you know who doesn't dislike The Simpsons? But um, I think you know, in regards to, I mean, we've seen it all. Like, look at all these properties that have come up to the screen and have not done so well. Hey Arnold, unfortunately, is one. Uh, Powerpuff Girls is unfortunately one. Doug is unfortunately one. And uh, there's a. Uh, I'm sorry. There's a bit of interference on the line. I don't know if. Uh, I, uh, you go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, so basically, so we've seen all these properties that have currently gone, uh, you know, um, uh, up to up to the theatre and have just not produced. And so I can't blame, um, uh, you know, TV companies now turning around and saying, you know, do we really want to take this risk after we've seen all these other properties seem to uh, go into the sky and then blow up on uh, impact with the atmosphere? I mean, I can sort of understand their point of view on that. But, uh, you know, I would uh, pass any, um, you know, company on the back that would uh, want to try this again and uh, see if they can try and get something to uh, go up on there and uh, take some interest. So, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I really hope that we're going to yeah. see that Hold soon. Hold on, we have, a little, we have a little interference. Hold on. Um, yeah, let me just... Yeah, can you repeat that last one, Odin? Yeah, so uh, I mean, I, w- I would appreciate any you know uh, you know media organization that wants to take a TV property and try and uh, once again put it to the, put it to the big screen as uh, see if they can try and uh, get something from it. So uh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to uh, anyone wanting to try that again. Yeah, I know that Nickelodeon has been uh, doing SpongeBob movies, and they're doing a third one. They've also re- uh, announced that they're going to be doing a Loud House movie, which is crazy because the Loud House is like a year old at this point but already it's gotten a dvd it's going to be getting a dvd release and they just they just announced there's going to be a movie of it i, I don't so understand there's... i don't i really don't understand uh the spongebob squarepants movie because like i mean we've been through the other two i mean which spongebob squarepants movie so far has advanced the spongebob story and the answer is none of them 
You know, it's like it's still the same uh, uh, concept. It's still uh, SpongeBob, Patrick, uh, you know, Squidworth next door. Krusty Krab's still there, and Mr. Krabs is still, you know, a, a greedy son of a bitch. I mean, uh, it's like it's, uh, it's. It, I mean, this third SpongeBob SquarePants movie. I mean, I can understand why they're making them because these things make money. But in regards to if you're going to actually get anything out of them, I highly doubt we're going to get anything out of this third movie. I'm just, you know, call me super skeptical, but uh, it's not exciting me that that much at the moment. Yeah, but unfortunately, I don't know. The, the, I mean, SpongeBob for like over a decade was the only Nicktoon that was making a profit. All the other ones just couldn't make a dent compared to SpongeBob. I couldn't imagine seeing like a Mighty B movie or a um, Fanboy and Chum Chum movie or God have God God forbid a Breadwinners movie. Yeah, well, hey, I challenge Nickelodeon to actually do something with this film. And there's part of me that believes they're not going to. So uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll just have to see. And I also heard there's going to be like a My Little Pony movie again. That's so like there's, the fourth one. Yeah, so there's that. So mm. there are some TV companies who are releasing movies based off of their properties. So there's that. Yeah, I, I mean, think My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, I think, is the exception rather than the rule. I mean, it's uh, it was something that uh, took off uh, online and, uh, you know, they basically just couldn't stop. And so uh, it's uh, created this whole uh, subculture of, you know, the uh, the bronies that everyone talks about. So, uh, I mean, it's uh, it's something that, uh, that's, uh, that's really taken off. And, uh, yeah, I think um, I, you know, I, I tip, uh, you know, I, I say, you know, good on them for... Uh, for doing that, but I think in just in general, I think um, I think in regards to uh, you know other TV properties, you know, unless we're going to see hear, hearing about them, you know, day upon day upon day, I think it's going to be very unlikely that we're going to see something you know rocket up to the sky, you know, the same way that we've seen SpongeBob SquarePants, My Little Pony, and uh, various other ones. Sure. So yeah, um, continuing with the discussion with Fred. Uh, so yeah, I can understand why you know for a long time it was in developmental hell because. You know, 2004, it wouldn't have been the right time because Powerpuff Girls didn't do so well. Then there was the change in management when we had the Boston incident. And then eventually everybody wanted to do 3D movies, especially with the success of Disney again and DreamWorks and Sony Pictures Animation and Pixar. So I guess for the longest time it was pretty rough. And also Gendy was reaching a massive burnout with Samurai Jack. So he decided to call it quits, worked on Symbiotic Titan. That didn't really last very long. And then he worked, he worked on Hotel Transylvania 1 and 2. He was planning on doing a Popeye movie, but that was canceled for unknown reasons. So, uh, yeah, I guess before we start off with Season 5, has anybody read the Samurai Jack comics? Uh, uh, no. no. I'll definitely say not. Yeah, I haven't read it either, so... Yeah, I, I mean, the only thing I do know about it, I think I even read, like, a quick synopsis. I think it does continue, like, right after Season 4, and Samurai Jack does some, like, various adventures, and, you know, he, you know, pairs up with, like, the, he has this, there's the Scotsman again, and I think that he helped save a village or something, and I think that the last one was, like, it was kind of like a recap or something of a previous season, so that's all I know about it. If anybody has read the Samurai Jack comments, then leave a comment down below, and I'd love to know about it. So, yeah, I think, uh, if you guys don't have anything else to say, I guess we can move over to season five, so what do you guys think? Um, yeah, I'm right up for going for that. Sure. Okay, so right before we discuss about it, so here's the deal. Massive spoilers ahead. If you have not seen Season 5 of Samurai Jack, I highly recommend that you t uh, pause the podcast, watch Season 5 on demand, 
or online or whatever, and then come back because, wow, we have a lot to say about it. Okay, so if you're done, good. Okay, season five starts off taking place 50 years later, and Jack has not aged a bit because he's kind of like stuck in time. And so he pretty much gave up on going back in time and fulfilling his destiny. He's kind of like really low about it. He sees flashbacks of his family saying, why did you quit? Why did you abandon us? And Jack is having like severe flashbacks. He's kind of like wandering around. And in the meantime, Aku apparently has seven daughters and they're all training to defeat Jack. And one of them named Ashi uh, kind of like has a relationship with Jack, sort of, but we'll get into that. Yeah, I was going to say, I wanted to joke around a little bit with the, uh, that he's uh, wandering around aimlessly, that uh, he's not aged, like, you know, the, if you want to join a Mortal Kombat tournament or something, it's like, you know, those guys are, are going to are gonna last forever, because, you know, uh, I don't know if you guys ever, <laughs> if you guys ever follow the story of Mortal Kombat, uh, but uh, I just, I, that's immediately what fate came to my mind when, uh, when I first heard that, it's like, you know, oh, okay then, so. Yeah. Okay, so that's the brief synopsis. So after over 13 years of no episodes of Samurai Jack, in your opinion, was it worth it for it to come back? Yes. I think, um, you know, some, a lot of people have been asking kind of like, how did the Samurai Jack, you know, story conclude? Uh, kind of the same way I think that many Hey Arnold fans kind of asked, how did, uh, hey, how did Arnold's story conclude uh, with his parents and such? And finally, we're going to be hearing about that in November. But um, uh, I think it was definitely something that uh, I think that many fans appreciated uh, that uh, Adult Swim decided to bring back up. And, uh, you know, I think it was... Uh, um, I think it's probably been the biggest thing since you know the rude removal, uh, you know, uh, episode of Dexter's Laboratory that was uh, that was brought up. I think this uh, basically times it by times it by a million. I think uh, this one. So I think uh, uh, Adult Swim, I think did the right thing. I think it was great to bring bring uh, uh, Jendi into uh, into the frame and um, get him to create his great this last season. And uh, and if you uh, if if you look at the reception that it's gotten the uh, the, the social media response as well I think has been uh, massively overwhelming. It's always trended when uh, on Twitter when when Samurai Jack starts on Adult Swim. So uh, you can't say it hasn't been a success. And uh, I think um, and uh, so I mean should we talk about the whole thing you know from from season sorry from episode one to episode ten and then we can sure. uh, make I a. Guess- Make oh, the thing so. So I mean, going from uh, going from SO one, I think a very a very strong start. I think uh, I think showing uh, I think showing Jack in a more rugged and I think in a more I think as a completely different character. I think uh, kind of speaks to how fifty years have changed him. I think, and I think uh, they needed to do to go that route. And he, uh, he's kind of like you know, he's kind of masking his uh, his insecurities by you know putting on this like you know giant armor, you know, growing out his beard, uh, looking like you know a, 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 like you know this uh, Ivan the space biker. I don't know if you guys ever heard about him, but uh, basically he's the uh, character model from uh, the first character model from like the origins of Half of Half Life, the video game. But um, I mean, he um, they they bring him out of this big rugged guy, and then eventually they just start slowly kind of like chipping away at him. I think, and starting to show his weak, you know, his weaknesses, his uh, mental state is obviously not in, uh, not in the best of best of ways, and he's being uh, followed around by this shadowy guy on a horse. So it's, uh, I think, it was a good way to set things up, and also to to start with the uh, the daughters of a coup as well. I think of uh, creating this threat and showing how uh, they have basically been trained their entire lives to basically take out the samurai and also brainwashed. 
as well into thinking that you know Aku is the best thing since you know you know sliced bread I think and showing that he is the uh, the ultimate master of the world and the demigod and uh, going the whole down that route and uh, also creating kind of this cult uh, thing with his daughters of Aku kind of thing I think that was a I think it was a very strong start. I think, and uh, it definitely left people, you know, also on top of that, every single episode was a 22-minute running time, so uh, I think it left, uh, every time it kind of left off at the end, I think, you know, with the with the theme song, it definitely left uh, fans wanting more, I think, afterwards, and that was a very strong point, I think, from episode one. Alright, uh, Jeff, what do you think? Uh, well, uh, in terms of was it worth it, uh, yes, and Yes and no, but that goes into more about my thoughts about the finale. But um, <clears throat> overall, it started off very strong. Uh, it You have this broken down icon, this legend, who ha- who time has just completely just destroyed and beaten down. You know, because of the because of Aku's reign being so ever ever all-encompassing so you have this guy who is who is just he's lost his mind he's, he's lost his hope and lost everything that mattered to him and and that kind of takes a toll on a person plus the whole not aging thing which which honestly they never really go into they never really explain that uh or at least, if, or if they did, I may have missed it, and or, or if they did, I just didn't quite get it. But time travel um, magic. And, but um, <laughs> uh, otherwise, I just kind of think that yeah, this is this this was a story that needed to be told. It was a story that needed a, a definite conclusion because people were invested in Jack's journey. They wanted to see him succeed. They wanted to see him defeat Aku, and not having that resolution to that story for over a decade, uh, it it it's, uh, it's definitely something that was a long time coming and something that really needed to be told. Um, my issue is with the way they did it, but again, like I said, that's about my personal feelings about the finale. Well, in regards um, to the time travel uh, aspect of it, I mean, my understanding was is that uh, he was like, you know, uh, sent back in time in like this kind of frozen state, so he wouldn't age uh, in in a way. So basically, he's kind of stuck in kind of like his uh, in that past frame for you know God knows how long. So uh, I think that I think that was probably I heard that was one explanation for it. So I thought that might be the most logical conclusion for it. Eh, you could pro you could probably make that argument, but at the same time, it they never really they ne- like I said they never really go in- into it, and I I would have liked at least some kind of some kind of explanation about that, but I mean it, it's 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 speculation until like somebody like Jen Tar like Jenny Tartakovsky uh, says something at a convention or. Or tell somebody while he's at a bar or something. Yeah, well, keep this um, in mind as well. I mean, this is like uh, ten episodes of twenty-two minute running time, so it's like you know you've not really got too much to play with. And uh, in in further episodes we're going to talk about, I think that really shows. Oh, oh yeah, 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 definitely. Um, again, especially about the finale, but I'll, I'll 
uh, once we talk about that, I'll get into my thoughts about that. But overall, uh, overall, yeah, I, I'm glad that this. I'm glad that the uh, ten episode run and the and this this final season happened because we needed a conclusion. We needed an end to the story because it's because for one thing, it's what Jack would have wanted. It's what we it's what we've wanted for uh, as fans for a long, long time. So I, so my thoughts on the finale aside, it's still, I, I still like that this season happened. All right. Uh, how about you, Jim? Uh, yes, I'm fully agreed that, uh, the seat that the season five was well worth the wait. For one thing, this is definitely how you do a time skip, right? You don't have the characters in the same situation that they were before the time skip. It was just, you know, it was great seeing Jack again, but it was also kind of heartbreaking to see how, you know, just how broken he'd become after all the failures, losing his sword, losing all the chances to go back to the past. And he just seems resigned to just keep, he gets, it's what he, he's become what he became what TV tropes would call a death seeker. You know, he's just trying to keep going on, hoping that, you know, fighting his own way, but kind of hoping that he won't survive the next battle and he can finally rest I mean, you see that in some of his Well, I mean, too. I think, uh, I mean, obviously he had like, you know, that, uh, you know, he had his anger, you know, boiling up, hoping that he was going to end it all. But I think there was part of him that was continuing to hold on that, so, you know, he, oh, I've been in this situation before, so I can I can survive the situation again. So uh, I think there was this kind of continual, you know, uh, he was basically a rebel without a cause. You know, it's like uh, he uh, he lost his sword. He had no way of beating a coup. He had uh, all he could really do was basically just go around and uh, you know just uh, you know do do whatever he can. So I think right. he was kind of like this lost soul in a way that uh, that he was. And uh, and to be honest, I'm pretty glad they at least went in this direction because I think if they went for kind of like uh, they just said to themselves, oh well, you know, what did Samurai Jack do in the last four seasons? And then just did that again. I don't think it would have got you know the the type of reception I think we'll be talking about right now. So uh, exactly, and this is another reason why I think it helps that it was on Adult Swim now instead of Toonami or uh, you know or you know regular Cartoon Network because they went to depths that I don't think you could get away with unless it was on Adult Swim, especially with you know especially it containing Jack's psychological trauma. I mean, you, you get to the point where he is willing to commit ritual seppuku. That would not fly if it wasn't on Adult Swim. I don't even think we'd even get the birth scene at the beginning of the, at the beginning of the story. Oh. It's like you know, I, th- no, I don't. I, no, we, we, yeah. no. That was the first I don't one. even think. I, I don't even think we would have seen Jack being so injured that he was covered in blood. No. no. Yeah. I think yeah. You know, in regards to the yeah, you know, like it, there was a bit of a Game of Thrones kind of feel. I think to that birth scene. I do remember like uh, there was a scene in Game of Thrones where you know like they you know they were giving birth to this demon and uh, there was like I was like looking at thinking oh god are we gonna see this again and we've already seen it in Game of Thrones and then it's like oh these quintuplets came out. It's like okay then this is uh, this is something else. And uh, so, it kind uh, of reminds me of the movie of uh, the movie Excalibur, where. Uh, uh, where you see Morgana's or, or Morgan Le Fay's uh, birthing scene of Mordred. Uh, I don't know if anyone here's seen the movie. No, uh, I've seen Excalibur. No. Yeah, it's 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 like you know it's really dark and stormy. It's like this dark ritual where she's like on this stone slab, giving birth to Mordred after you know you know uh, in after seducing Arthur. And and having him and having him impregnate her, 
but uh, it's uh, and it's like all stormy and dark and everything, and uh, uh, the 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 the, uh, the country England's gone uh, to the dark side because of the whole thing, and it's just uh, it ha- it kind of harkens back to that visually in my in my mind. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Isn't aren't Morgan and Arthur siblings? Uh, half siblings. Yay! Half it, half incest. Hooray! It was uh, hey, it was it was common in the Middle Ages, unfortunately, especially among royalty. Sure. Thank yeah, God it, we've moved on. Yeah, and yeah, it, it, it yeah it, ten, it tended to be a thing. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm just saying I'm I'm just saying that the 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 visual of uh the of Ashi's mother giving birth to the daughters of Aku just kind of really brought back that visual in my mind yeah. of like just this of just this evil ritual of birthing the next generation of evil yeah i was the speaking of that the birthing scene and then you know you had that the training montage where the daughters of Aku were pretty much you know flat out killing people in the training it's really showed that was the thing i think what, another reason why I think it excelled on Adult Swim. I mean, Gendy didn't have all the restrictions that he had when he first started the series, but he didn't go too far overboard. He didn't try to overwhelm you with blood and gore or any of that. He just he punctuated it so it had the most impact, especially in the second scene where Jack, for the first time, kills a person rather than a robot. Yeah, I think that yeah. was a, that was definitely a big thing in uh, in the show. But I'm really glad that they explained it well. I mean, the fact that uh, you know he took the life of somebody and uh, then he dwells over it. But I don't know. It's like because uh, they then they showed the um, they showed the flashback of him being uh, being in his youth, and then he shows uh, his uh, father, you know, uh, slicing and dicing all these bandits uh, with his with his sword, and he even gets splattered in blood. Uh, in that as well, and I thought that would have had a bit of a more of lasting effect on him, uh, you know, uh, throughout, you know, not just throughout uh, um, the the you know throughout the you know, the entire you know the entire Samurai Jack you know saga, uh, let alone you know uh, season five. So I'm uh, I don't know. It's like I I um, I'm surprised that it only affected him then, but never affected him in any other story. You know, uh, before then. I, I guess the reason so, why is because you know Jack was constantly trained all over the world, and I guess he started building up an immunity of, you know, being assertive and tough with, uh, you know, your victims, especially if they're, they're evil victims. It's kind of like in the Metroid series, in which when Samus was being trained by the Chozo at a very young age, she was told to hold back her emotions so that she could be able to have full access of power suit. But then, as time went on, when she met up with Ridley, she started going through PTSD, and she started becoming emotional, considering of all the things that she learned, that he was the one who killed her parents and ate her mother so he could rejuvenate his skin and flesh. And it pretty much just, like, broke her down. Take notes, other M. But... (laughs) But, you know, with Jack, I can understand why he would be going through that right now. You know, he's a broken man. He's having hallucinations. He's having guilt trips of, you know, abandoning his family, of not being able to go back. So maybe at that point he would get flashbacks of, you know, seeing uh, his father chopping down bandits and blood splattering all over him. I can understand that. Yeah. He's like, um, yeah, so, um... No, I'm, 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 that thought came. I kind of went in my head a little bit, but uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, 
I mean, um, moving. I mean, I don't, don't, know, don't know if I don't want to move everyone too quickly forward or all that. But uh, I mean, how do we feel about Scaramouche? Scaramouche, oh. sorry. He was he was fun. He was he was bril- he was brilliant. He's hilarious. I, yeah. I thought it was a great character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there are some people who got upset. They said that they thought Scaramouche was a negative gay stereotype, and I saw those complaints. And I thought, do you people not know who Sammy Davis Jr. is? Mm-hmm. I was going to say, he's, he sounded more like it. I was yeah. kidding, When I was listening to him, I thought, this is a singer, or this is somebody. Yeah. And then I realized it was Tom Kenny, and I thought, oh, really? It's like, oh, wow. So, because uh, yeah. I, I felt really guilty because I thought he was like some kind of musician who I should know. And uh, so I kept constantly listening to him. I wanted to like pick out like, uh, is he some kind of jazz musician? Is he like, uh, I mean, what does he, what does he do? And like, uh, then I realized it was Tom Kenny. And I thought, oh, okay then. So uh, you know, yeah, talent. It, yeah, yeah, it was Tom Kenny homaging Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah. So uh, I think it was. Uh, I, I think it was. He was a. He was a really entertaining. You know, story arc. You know, saying that. You know, he'd finally find out that. You know, Samurai Jack had lost his sword, and uh, he was like. You know, going on this. Uh, you know, long journey to trying to tell Aku what had happened, and uh, so. Uh, though uh, I'm really surprised. I'd say here's another thing, though. It's like if you notice how he tried to call Aku like on the phone, on like on a payphone on the ship. Yeah. And I'm like, was there no payphones on dry land? Which you could like, you know, go around and have a look for. It's like, was there that particular phone on the on the ship, or did he only just decide? I don't know. It's like, I just thought that was kind of weird. That you know, he <laughs> would uh, he was on a ship, and then he'd find a payphone, and like he wouldn't have thought of like you know trying to find a payphone like or somewhere on the land, you know, uh, unless they all decided to just get rid of payphones and they're like all on cell phones now, and nobody wants to share. I, d- I don't know, but uh, that was uh, that was one thing from that. Um, Oh, there is one scene oh. that kind of sticks out in my mind, and uh, that's when the daughters of a coup are like, uh, they've, uh, they, you know, when they see the deer, and like, uh, they kind of mm-hmm. look at it and thinking, what's that? It's like, you know, what's going on? And then the, me- and then like the, um, the male deer comes like up from behind her, and it's like, oh god, don't do this joke. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, um, he's watching like, you know, they're like watching the deer mate or something like that. And it's like, you know, they're trying to figure out what's going on and describing what's happening. It's like, you know, oh, do not do this joke. But thankfully they didn't. So, uh, yeah, I was pretty, <laughs> I was pretty grateful for that. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that for the most part, um, just... You know the introductions of the new characters and the and also just in, in reintroducing the old characters and it's kind of really cool. I, I remember when I first saw the training montage with the daughters of Aku and how, especially Ashi was kind of like being pushed around and kind of like was seen as sort of like the leader and, and I guess once again with kind of like Grey Delal playing as the mother and Tara Strong as Ashi, it's like man, it's it's like. It's like Timmy and Vicky vibes all over again. It's like, geez, Great Delal and Terra Strong are always meant to be like, you know, enemies, aren't they? Yeah, mm-hmm. except in the fan art. Oh. <laughs> no. I'm not even going to ask about that. But uh, anyway, I mean... so continuing on. So yeah, as, as later on throughout the, I, I think one of my favorite moments in uh, in this in, in the season was, you know, when Aku went over to therapy and he was just talking about how depressed he was. It's like. You know, I just really like that. The fact that Aku is not only a threatening villain and also a hilarious villain, but he also has some really sad moments that you kind of feel empathy for. And I guess that therapy scene was what really stuck out to me. Yeah. It was like his Helga on the couch moment, wasn't it? 
It's like, you know, yes, it was, <laughs> exactly. It was like a Helga on the couch moment. Thank you. Yeah, yes. Great observation, Adam. I think one of the, I think one of the things uh, that was great about seeing Aku is that he wasn't one dimensional. It's like you could see that there were some other dynamics to him as well. And that, you know, he's gone 50 years and like he still can't find anyone to beat the samurai. And he's just basically just given up because he's just seen that he's just some madman ru running around and there's nothing he can do about it. So he's just like saying, oh, anyone else else can just go out there and have a go at trying to do something about it. I know he's not going to do anything. So, yeah, it kind of uh, reminded me a little bit of Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z, in which after Goku died, he pretty much had no competition left. I mean, Frieza's dead, and he's just, and, you know, his planet's been destroyed, so he pretty much has nothing for him. So he pretty much just goes completely insane, especially when Goku comes back. He has, like, a strong vengeance, and so that's when he starts getting the Majin powers, and he wants to basically just get rid of this chip off his shoulder. He feels like he doesn't want to settle in. He feels like he needs to get more stronger. So it's kind of like the sense of Aku. It's like Jack has been gone for 50 years. He already has control of the entire world. What is he going to do next? So we see him kind of like break down in a sense. Yeah, it yeah. was interesting though that uh, you know he he also dismissed the idea that there be some kind of like rebellion against him because I mean he, he didn't exactly take the entire world over. I mean there were still some parts of the world which and you, you could see it in the uh, in the montages that they did with uh, with Ashi when she was discovering how how much of an impact Samurai Jack actually had on the world and so I think you could see that there was some kind of type of resistance that was that was there and uh, I think it was either just too beaten down and it was just basically they were just defending their own homelands from from things and uh, it, it wasn't that well you know tuned together and uh, and uh, I don't know it's because um, I mean now that actually by saying that because I was actually going to say that episode which I was referring to I thought was kind of like the weakest in the series maybe sorry in the weakest in the season because uh, um, you know the one where you know she's like she's on a blimp and then like you know she then starts meeting up with all these different characters that you know had been in pre you know, previous stories and I thought okay then you know uh, this is nice for uh, people who like you know want to remember the show but uh, in regards to you know it being you know an episode which you want to get excited about if I had to like choose kind of a throwaway episode you know with, with, except for the exception of like you know the finale of that episode I probably would say that one. Because really, all it did was basically just say, hey, remember this person? Remember that person? Remember what Samurai Jack did for that guy? Remember what Samurai Jack did for this guy? Oh, hey, it's the uh, the funky Samurai guy now running the bartender. How about that? And then they like yeah. throw in like a, a villain like a, who said, uh, oh, I'm going to drain the essence of people, but oh, hey, there's no one here. Bye-bye. And then it shows, yeah. shows the door behind well, him. <laughs> it did feel like the manga was wasted, I admit. Well, the thing about that is that without that episode, you'd you would constantly have people wondering what happened to this character, what happened to those characters, you know, especially especially since I feel like this was set up for the for what happened in the finale and like the the big climax there, you know, because you had to remind everybody that these people existed. So but that wouldn't way, it be more powerful if they turned up in the final episode though, and not kind of like released mid in? I think if they turned up in the last episode and all these guys, you know, you know all that, you know, in the final episode with that final battle, that montage of people coming in to fight a coup to save Samurai Jack, I thought was pretty awesome. I thought it was a great a great way to kind of like introduce everyone into it again. And if you saw the, I mean, uh, I mean, obviously you saw the, uh, you know, the, you had to do the scene where you know Aku crushed all those soldiers and killed the Scotsman. Mm -hmm. I think the, I think you had to do that to kind of uh, keep things going and show Aku is still like this, you know, this threat that everyone needs to, you know, people can't deal with. I think that scene yeah, was necessary. But on the other hand, but um, 
on the other hand, Arun, I do agree with Jeff. If you if they would have just shown up in this in the finale, it would have been completely out of nowhere and really beneficial for the plot of them coming together to fight off Aku. So I do kind of agree that it was very helpful that we do see what these characters are up to. Yeah, but we kind of had that better. already with the uh, with the with the war scene with all these the the, the tried to wars before Aku you know killed everybody. But I mean, we sort of kind of sort of had that in a way. I mean, I know what you're saying. I mean, it's, I know it's not everybody. But uh, I, I don't know. It's like I still think that you know, uh, if we were going to reintroduce everybody, I would have had liked to have seen them have a bit more purpose than to say, "Oh, Samurai Jack, how cool was he? You know, he saved us all and stuff like that, and uh, oh, and everything that else." Was to help for that was to help sake. Ashi. Yeah, yeah. It, it, she could get a better understanding of all that Jack had done. It helped bring her more away from, you know, more towards him and more away from the life she'd been but, raised for. But you could have and done that she... in the, uh, in the, whatchamacallit, and when he was going, he was already taking Ashi around, you know, saying how evil Aku was, and like, you know, what yeah, he'd been doing. Was, you could have put, you could have worked episode. that in that one episode. It really quick. Plus, I think that it you... was just, yeah, if it was only for that, oh, hold on, my thing just went off. Okay, if it was only for that one episode in which Jack and Ashi came together, it would have been really quick if Ashi was like, I've been raised by my whole life to kill you, by my father and my mother. But then if she was like really convinced by Jack in that one episode, it's like, okay. And that would have been way too anticlimactic. I think that the buildup of her getting to know about what Jack did was actually pretty clever. Mm. Yeah, she she needed to she needed to see not just what Jack told her and showed her, but she needed to see everything that had happened. She she needed to see his influence for herself without his input. You know, she had to make up her own mind, and that's what I and that's and that's what I think uh, another part of that episode was for. I get what everyone's her... saying, but uh, I wonder if it would have been better if uh, I mean I don't think everyone here has played Bulletstorm, but uh, there's a character they called Aishi who uh, is kind of like uh, who gets like you know uh, blown up and uh, gets turned into like half robot, half man, and he's kind of like struggling between his robot self and his human self, and that goes on for like, the entire game. It makes me wonder if uh, you know if they did a situation where you know Ashi was uh, you know kind of conflicted between you know whether to believe, you know, Aku's side of the, uh, uh, her mother's side of the word and Samurai Jack's side of the word and have that play out for the, you know, most of the season. I kind of wonder if that would have been a better route to go to rather than, you know, this this episode here and that episode there and then, you know, uh, that's it really. They had, they had bits of it play. They had bits of her seeing her mother in like, you know, hallucinations and stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, they had bits and pieces of it. But once she started seeing... Once she started uh, that, once the episode with the, the 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 children who were brainwashed, and her saving the children happened, she started it, it started happening less and less, and then there was like their climactic battle uh, on the mountaintop with uh, Ashi and her mother, uh, and then mm. and then just kind of spilled and it just kind of ended right there in terms of her conflict yeah well i think like, ashi was already convinced conflict. about samurai jack's uh, word when uh, basically he she started asking oh what can we do to stop a coup it's like you know i thought so uh, you know i thought that was quite abrupt when she just said uh, oh well okay then i yeah i now believe you know after you show me all this stuff so now what are we going to do to stop him so like, then Samurai Jack just says nothing, and then she like, and then she like she says, well, "What do you mean we can't do anything?" I think at that point, I thought Ashi would have been like totally convinced that you know what Samurai Jack was telling her was true. Mm. All right, now right before we go discuss about the finale, I remember like a few episodes in when eventually Jack and Ashi became a thing. 
I remember seeing somebody on Twitter complain that apparently Tumblr was really upset about this and that they wanted to boycott watching Samurai Jack because now there was like a heterosexual relationship or that Jack and Ashi are starting to become a thing and they thought that it would ruin the story. Oh, and then sake. and then afterwards, like the next episode afterwards in which Ashi becomes fully controlled by Aku and that his sword was taken away and then that what that same person again said uh, I hope you guys are happy, Tum. I hope the the people at Tumblr are happy. This is the reason why we can't have nice things. Well, I yeah. think this was pre-planned before Tumblr, so I think, uh, yeah, yeah I, th I think people need to kind of calm down a little bit on Tumblr yeah. if you ask me. If you, it does, if you show, ask me. it does show the hazards of creating a seer of creating a piece of media in the age of Tumblr, because no matter what you do someone is going to find the slightest thing to complain about. You know what, I fo I'd focus more ever. on the fact that uh, this show was won, and, you know, I who are you going to focus more? Uh, the people on Tumblr or the people at, uh, you know, the Annies and the Emmys, uh, you know, committees who give you awards to statues and actually award you for what you say and what you do. So, you know, I think I know who I'd pay more attention to, to be quite honest with you. But, uh, sure. Um, in, in um, regards, in regards... Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Jeff, uh, what were you saying? Oh, no, I was just saying, uh, no, I just... Uh, just uh, uh, just agreeing with Jim about like you know Tumblr, you know kind of overblowing things, just making it seem like it's it's the worst thing ever. Yeah, well, I don't want to give Tumblr too much you know publicity on the show, but uh, I mean the I mean even though I got uh, Tumblr myself, you know aramesa.tumblr.com by the way. But <laughs> um, I want to just you know with with that being said, um, I just see um, I tell you I was actually gonna um, I'm trying to remember, I got it, sorry Tumblr's made me lost my train of thought. Damn you Tumblr. Um. Yeah. Anyway, but I was just trying to bring up that um, with um, I think that with a lot of people, uh, I mean, I even mentioned this to you, Arun, many times when we were discussing about the Jungle movie that regardless of how the story is going to end up, at least one person will be disappointed. But I never thought that, you know, if there's going to be a relationship with two people, it's going to apparently for them ruin it. I guess maybe because there's never been like a romantic foil in Samurai Jack, so maybe it was kind of like out of place for them. So I don't really agree with this. I just think that it was kind of like it, it made a lot of sense to the story. So, I mean, if you don't really agree with it and you can say it in a valid point, then that's perfectly fair. But if you're really going to blow things out of proportion, then I'm sorry. You just need to really calm down. Okay, well, I, I mean, let's let's oh, let's objective. I mean, let's objectively and let's, you know, uh, calmly, you know, discuss this. And uh, let me safely say this. You know, I myself wasn't too comfortable with the idea of, you know, Samurai Jack and Ashi being shipped. But at the same time, I guess I didn't mind it either because it was sort of kind of going in that direction. But uh, I would have preferred. I mean, if if I was uh, you know you know writing the uh, the, the the Samurai Jack Ashi uh, uh, relationship, I would have done it more like kind of like you know uh, Doctor Who with his companion. And uh, so you know you have uh, Samurai Jack as kind of like you know the, in the Doctor role, and you have uh, Ashi in kind of like you know the companion role. And then you'd have like uh, you know uh, Ashi you know trying to assist uh, Samurai Jack in his endeavor. And I think uh, that would have been more of a relationship I probably would have gone with because. I mean, this isn't going to be the first kind of like you know, um, you know, you know, this isn't the first you know, uh, uh, man-woman relationship of two you know, of antagonist and you know, so you know, protagonists you know, uh, in a relationship that we're going to see, and I don't think it's going to be the last. So I think I would have liked to have seen like you know, the, maybe the samurai and the samurai's apprentice, or some, apprentice or something like that. I think that would have been something that would have uh, gone in more of a direction with rather than basically just throwing them together and. Uh, 
you know, and doing that. But uh, at the same time, I'm not going to have a massive complaint about it. It's uh, I I don't have any problem with them doing that. But uh, at the same time, you know, I would I don't I wouldn't have gone in that direction if I was writing the story. But that's just me. I see where you're coming from, and with the the Doctor Who aspect, I think I see why some people got said. I think they expected Jack to be like an asexual character. Why? Um, I guess I don't know. Well, like like uh, Patricia said, um, you know, romance never really factored in too much to the narrative, and and it never had to. But I don't think it's I don't think it's un. And, I don't think it's an unwelcome change. Uh, I mean, we've, I've certainly seen romances handled better, yeah. but uh, given the time frame that they had, you know, only 10 episodes to go from, I think they did the best they could with what they had. Um, I'm not against, uh, I'm not against uh, Jack and Ashi being together, uh, being in a relationship. I mean, yes, it's predictable. It's a little, it, it's a little cliche, you know the the you know the only human man, only human woman, you know in the uh, in the in the show like you know joining together and 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 being in a relationship where whereas you know uh, as opposed to being friends, uh, but um, <clears throat> I I didn't mind it. I th- I thought it was cute. It was and it was interesting to see Jack again in unfamiliar territory you know when it comes to courtship and being and and being with another and being with a person that he cares about and and loves very much after spending after spending so much time being alone and 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 all of uh, and everything that happened to him afterwards so i i i i i could see why people would have a problem with it but it didn't bother me all that much. No. I, I thought it was I thought it was a welcome a welcome addition. Yeah. yeah, I thought so too. I thought it was a really nice addition. It definitely breaks up the monotony. And you're right, Jeff, about like they only had ten episodes to work with. And I feel that if you are gonna be a show that people have been wanting to see for a long time, you have to take as much of a big advantage as you can to do you know, whatever episodes that you can and try to break up the monotony and try to not play it safe because, you know, we, we've seen in reboots nowadays that it can go either one of two directions. It can play itself way too safe or it can go completely, uh, um, you know, not following what the original was. So it, either just way... Go we, off the rails. Exactly. Go off the rails. Be something completely different that will alienate the fan base. Uh, either one of those things... Either or, the fan base is going to be really angry. It's like, what? Had to wait over 13 years for this to happen? Man, I mean, it's like, if you're going to play the same thing, it's like, what was the point? But if you're going to do something different, it's like, man, why does Samurai Jack go in this direction? I don't get it. So, I mean, they really... I, I know that, and also, you know, we have to be thankful that Gendy and most of the original cast and crew were able to come back, as well as new people, and they were able to stick with their guns on what was going to, you know, what they wanted to do. So I can really appreciate that. And, you know, we'll definitely discuss about, in you know, towards the end about, you know, the standards of like a reboot or a continuation as we've seen later on. So, yeah, I think if we don't have really much to say, then I think that it's finally time that we discuss about the finale. So, Jeff, why don't you go first? Okay. Um, 
first thing I would like to do is say the the battle scene with everyone joining up against uh, Aku, especially the robots and the giant samurai, uh, basically beating the crap out of Aku. I love that part. I I really enjoyed that part where they where everybody just starts just starts beating on Aku and firing arrows and everything, especially the part where the, the, uh, the monkey man and the, and the, and the jumping, the jumping monkeys come and smack Aku about the face. He goes, what? Monkeys who can fly? <laughs> he goes, no, jump good. Oh, All right, first I off, lo- Jeff, your Aku is impeccable. Oh, thank you. Secondly, um, I was surprised they went for that callback. Very surprised they went for it. Mm-hmm. I, Honestly, that was my favorite part of the episode. Um, just, just that callback because of the the just the last part of the episode they were in. Is this is it be far beyond your reach? You can fly. No, jump good. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, just that whole sequence, and then Aku uh, starting to get the upper hand. Uh, I thought was very intense. The whole thing there was just very intense and uh and the thing with jack and ashi uh jack uh trying to battle his way to um uh to get through to ashi telling telling her that he loves her and i mean yeah you knew it was coming i knew it was coming but it was still a very nice it's i still thought it was a very i'll be honest with everybody it caught me by surprise it's like you know i thought he was just basically gonna start like you know fighting his way through you know aku's darkness and then when he blows it out i love you it's like i thought okay then it's like uh uh it's like oh i didn't i didn't expect him to i i i don't know why i just kind of like switched off and just thought he was gonna go for some kind of like fight sequence or something like that and like you know uh you know rip the uh curse out of uh out of uh, I, you know, uh, Ashi or something like that. I can't, I can't remember. You know, I, I, that's what I thought. And then when he just blows it out, I love you. I thought, oh yeah, that was a thing. So it's like, uh, um, so yeah, and that happens. So uh, yeah. Also, uh, just the part where the the Scotsman's ghost meets up with him again. Oh god, I love that. They had, I mean, that ha- we all knew that was coming. There was no way that death would prevent the Scotsman from reuniting with Jack once more. Celtic oh, that magic. Was like one of my favorite moments. Yeah, that was that was a great moment, especially when he starts naming off the daughters one by one. <laughs> you see the screen filling up with all of their different faces, and then he tells and then he tells Jack's like, "All right, take your pick." And, <laughs> and Jack's like, "I cannot." What are you saying? My daughters aren't giving it for you. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, that, that was brilliant. He had though it was like what thirty or something. Yeah, it's just like thirty or forty or something. And then he's like, Jack so it's like. Uh, no, no, that's not it. I actually found someone. Oh, who? And he points to Ashi's beating up the daughters and goes, I don't think she's your type lad. <laughs> you you got to love those amazing. out of context jokes. They're brilliant. Yeah, yeah it, it was it was amazing. Um, and then they started to get to the point where uh, Ashi started taking control of her own, uh, of the powers of Aku and everything. And... Uh, and that was pretty good. That that was pretty good too. Um, I'll definitely say the the moment when she took him back in time that took me by surprise. Like you know when that happened, and I was like, uh, oh yeah, she Aku's uh, power, so she can do that. I was thought he was basically she was just gonna you know take Aku's powers, beat the shit out of him, and then basically that was the end. And like you know, uh, it was like yeah, uh, I thought that was gonna be the ending point, but uh, no, surprisingly, he wasn't. Samurai Jack, uh, you know, beat Aku finally, and. Uh, 
with uh, you know Ashi helping out in that way. Yeah. So uh, and, kind of kind of upsetting that before he Jack delivered the final blow, he didn't say, "By the way, Aku, I banged your daughter." <laughs> <laughs> That. Oh my god, that would have been so amazing. <laughs> oh, that, actually, that would. Uh, I'm really surprised. Being adult swim, I'm surprised they didn't go in that direction. But hey, um, uh, it would have been just... funny. It would have been funnier if he said, "Aku, I fucked your daughter." <laughs> <laughs> just bleep it out. Well, yeah. we didn't actually just... see that. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know if that would have. I just, well, it, I just but, believe yeah. it happened between episodes. I don't know. But anything's possible. I mean, yeah, it, sure. it, I mean, they could have been chased, but um, basically, at it's like at that point, once the time travel part uh, started coming, that's when my th- that's when I started to sour about the episode. I mean, because I mean, from there, it just I started getting really, really, really disappointed, um, mainly because of everything that happened afterwards and once you start thinking once i started thinking about it it just started bringing up way too many questions for me um uh, namely chief among them uh what what happened to the jack that was transported you know, right before jack and ashi came uh, came back what happened to that jack um uh... Well, I, I think that basically it was that. I mean, I mean, I'm going on time splitters, uh, uh, to, you know, uh, methodology here. But I think it would have been time paradox, where basically one person would have come in and one person would have come out, and they have to meet at a particular point. So I think that's probably what happened. Basically, it was uh, Jack goes up and then goes to the world and then comes back again. And so yeah. that's basically it was showing the moment before you know that happened yeah. so basically it was showing the moment jack yeah. you know samurai jack was thrown into the future and then it then basically it showed him when he was thrown back into the uh, into the same you know time period at that same yes. point so it's i think that's jack. That, yeah but it's, but it's a different world though it's a different world though because no it isn't it's the it's same a, world going back no, no it's a, no because it's a different world because you have to remember uh jack okay. kills aku in that past so so you're basically saying that the Jack. So it says that you're saying you're saying the Jack in that future either doesn't exist or the world around him changed. Which well, I mean, if it, that all goes back to like the final scene of the film when Ashi, you know, basically disappears into dust, and and it's like uh, I think the the way the timeline basically explains itself is that it's not like you know, say like the Terminator or like any other kind of like time travel, you know, related you know shows where there's like you know there's multiple paths. There's like there's there's not like the future isn't written, so there's multiple ways you can get to the future if you uh, if you wanted to. Or like back, I think Back to the Future, I think also fits into that uh, category as well. I think I think it's basically in the Samurai Jack universe. I think there's only one linear, like one linear time that you can go up and down from, and anything that you do within that time frame. It's like The Simpsons, actually. You know that episode? Uh, what you call it? Um, um, uh, that Treehouse, Treehouse of Horror episode? Yeah, like that one where Homer Simpson, like you know, starts killing dinosaurs, and all of a sudden it uh, you know starts changing you know the course of history. It's kind of like that, and so there's no like fixed. Um, there's no like multiple paths, if you will. It's like all one fixed timeline, and I think that explains or, the death or, of Ashi. Or it could be the argument that maybe it's like a multi-universe thing in which like maybe one universe this happens and then the other one happens. It's kind of like with Dragon Ball Super in which when future Trunks goes back into the past because he needs help from Goku and Vegeta to defeat Goku Black. I mean, the future where Android 17 and 18 still did happen, 
It's just that things are a lot more calmer now. So that part of the universe still hasn't changed. So, you know, now, you know, I guess maybe that's kind of like the case. It may be it's like one, you know, alternative dimension that, you know, the moment that Aku flungs Jack into the future and then Jack immediately comes back or something. I mean, yeah. to be quite honest, time travel and stuff yeah. like that has always been really convoluted. Yeah. And it gets yeah. even more confusing when you consider that Ashi essentially fades from existence, yet everyone remembers her. Well, yeah, and 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 not only that, Jack remembers the future that he came from. He remembers he remembers Ashi. He remembers uh, everybody that helped him out. Everybody he inspired. He remembers everything that happened. Uh, but you know that time from that point on didn't didn't technically happen. Uh, so maybe it's, a, it's an after effect of him being displaced from the time stream. Like well, kind of like how he does, kind of like how he didn't age for fifty years. Uh, you could probably, magic. you could probably make that argument considering he he's he's the only one that stuff happened to, and no that stuff happened to, and nobody would have, nobody else would have remembered because going from that point on, it's a different timeline. But I don't know. It just it it it, it just seemed like it was just trying. It just seemed like it was trying to be way too. It was like trying to go like, oh well, what if? Well, why not just go back in time and do all that stuff? And it's like, and, and then essentially you have, and then essentially these people who Jack has met and befriended and everything like that, their lives are either radically different or chances are they don't exist at all. Yeah. So well, I mean, essentially wiped out an entire timeline. Yeah. Um, well, I think he had to, to do it. I mean, because uh, what well, it was, um, his chances to defeat Aku was uh, you know, having to go back to the past in order to defeat him, and so uh, that well, was. That's uh, more about him going back home. That's that more about him going back home than anything else, because the the magic sword still worked against him in the future. I guess. Yeah, but he, the he but, but then there was a difference there because he knew not to. He, if you notice right. in the uh, in the episode when he uh, when he when the time portal gets blown up, you know, for Aku, Aku knows not to mess around with that sword. So uh, I think uh, he knew to be uh, evasive and to uh, put the, put obstacles away in front of Samurai Jack. You know, that time when he sent him back was the time when he had Aku right where he wanted him. And I think uh, that's the difference between why uh, you know he couldn't do it within you know the uh, the, the whole time of the show, and uh, that's the reason he wanted to try and get back home because he knew he could he could do it then. So that's. Uh, that's uh, my defense of that, but uh, anyway, I'm really sorry, guys. Um, I need to be somewhere uh, in the next couple of minutes, so I'll have to wrap my side up of the simulcast. So, uh, um, are you alright if I head off? Yeah, sure. Why don't you plug and promote your stuff? I don't know. Okay, it's facebook.com forward slash Arrow Show. It's twitter.com forward slash Arrow Show. If you want to listen to the Arrow Show, it's uh, iTunes, Mixcloud, Stitcher, and also Player FM as well. There's also various other uh, podcast feeds that we're currently giving. Oh, and also, uh, we've appeared on iHeartRadio. So, uh, iHeartRadio uh, listeners, if you want to check me out there, you can definitely do so now. So, uh, hooray for us. Um, guys, I'll see you all next week, and uh, all I've got to say on my side of the uh, broadcast, and thanks guys for also being on my side of the broadcast as well. Uh, this has been the Arrow Meta Show, uh, simulcast. Uh, if you want to listen to the rest of the uh, casual chats, go on the Patricia's uh, um, old school uh, old school lane podcast uh, uh, on YouTube as well. So uh, take care, guys, and uh, thanks guys for uh, talking to me. Thank you, Arun. Right. Nice to talking you. to you, Arun. Yeah, thanks, thanks, guys, and take care, and bye bye for now.